you find it, you want to stand, it'll be fine. And if you don't, well, it is uh, well be seated. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick that it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Father, thank you for your power. We thank you for uh, your love, your mercy, your grace you set upon us. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for those who've chosen to come this way this evening. And the Lord, just guide our thoughts tonight and we'll be gracious to praise and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You notice there in verse 15, it says that unto all that are in the house. What about those that are not in the house? Well, they don't get the benefit. That's all I know to tell you. What about those who don't show up for the meal? They don't get fed. What about those who don't uh, do what they're supposed to do? Well, someone said, well, they're not going to miss me anyhow. The thing about it is, the work will go on. The work will get done, but you can't accomplish what you could accomplish if everybody is doing what they're supposed to do. So everybody who was in the house was able to see and receive the light. We talked a lot about letting this morning. I want you to make sure this week that you let God and allow God to move in on your life and do what He wants to do. We are a hindrance to God the Father. God's got everything. He has all power, all authority, and He can move mountains. But the problem is He can't get the dozers to work. Okay, we, we're slack, uh, we, we're sorry, we, we're slicky, and we're slippery, and, and we need to get on with letting God have His way in our life. Now, I'll tell you this, I was, I was enjoying uh, my adventure around the, uh, the United States. Uh, with uh, camper on mission and doing that. I was having a good time doing that. But I'm going to tell you, at this hour right now, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I don't know where I'm supposed to be tomorrow or anywhere else, but I know where I'm supposed to be uh, at the present moment. I am where I'm supposed to be, and I want to let God use me in whatever way He wants to use me. I don't care what it is. I'm His property. He, I am bought and paid for. And when He calls the shots, I don't need a second opinion. Okay, as we continue to look at this uh, portion of Scripture, we, we talked about letting God have a, His way in our life. We talked about uh, letting your light. You can't control my light. Okay? I can't control your light. You can say, Kenny, your light's not bright. What's wrong? Or I can say, your, your light's not bright. What's wrong? What's wrong? Well, you know, we need to help one another if that's the case. But I can't cause your light to shine, okay? And you can't cause mine to shine. So we need to let our light so shine. And so what we want to look at again tonight is let your light shine. And I underline the word shine. It needs to shine because we have salvation. Salvation is a free gift. He has given it to us. And nobody, not one person can take it away. Nobody can even take me out of the hand of God. That's what the book says. We have that salvation and we have that, uh, that surety of being, being able, when we leave this world, y'all, to go to heaven. I can't imagine. Uh, here again, uh, um, 
Friday, we had Lynn's uh, last aunt uh, uh, funeral service. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about it. I can't imagine what she's experiencing. She was a charter member of Brushy Creek Baptist Church there in uh, uh, Easley. She was the first person to be baptized into that congregation. Uh, she was uh, 92, I think it was. And, uh, hey, she was faithful. You didn't go to her house on Sunday afternoon or, or Wednesday afternoon and expect just to lay up sorry there because, hey, she was going to be at church. Uh, she talked to GAs and, and you know, and, and thinking about her passing and trying to get maybe a glimpse according to God's holy word, what she must be experiencing. Now, some people say, oh, it's just a hoax. Uh, there's nothing to that. Let me tell you something. Every person that I've ever known that was a Christian and have died, they are with Jesus Christ. I don't know what all they're doing, but it, just to be with Him is enough. I don't need anything to know anything else, but just to be with, with Christ. So, as we're here, we're not away from Jesus, but we need to let our light so shine because of salvation, because we know we're on our way to heaven, and we need to be involved in His work. He said, he would, if we let it, our light shine, He'll never leave us. We're His. We are eternally saved. Okay? Nobody can take that away from us. Saul, King Saul gave David his armor. Said, son, you need to put this stuff on now. I'm an old man and I know what it takes to fight a battle. And, and you're just a young boy and, and you need to put this stuff on so you can be protected. Well, David, he did. He put it on. And the Bible said, when he got it on, it didn't fit. Of course it didn't fit. And it was too heavy. Uh, somebody investigated how many uh, pounds that, that all that armor weighed. It's a wonder uh, that Saul could even move around after he got it all on. But certainly David, as a young lad, he couldn't move it all on. And so he took it. He said, I can't wear this stuff. You know why he couldn't wear it? It wasn't his. You can't wear my armor. I can't wear yours. I can't fit into your mold. You can't fit into my mold. I can't run your race. And you can't run my race. So we must individually let our light so shine before uh, men abiding in Him. Uh, it's amazing to me how God fixes it where we can abide in Him. I may mention this again. He said, I'm the vine. You're the branches, as if to say, hey, if you don't do right, I can cut you off. I'll send the pruner. I'll send the pruner and cut you off. You know, God loves us, and He don't want to do that. He is the vine. We're the branches. We don't produce fruit. We support the fruit that He gives, okay? The, the fruit comes through uh, the vine. Abide in me, he says, and I will make you become, he told those disciple boys, I'll make you become fishers of men. Let your light so shine be for men. Do you want to please God? I hadn't even got this thing on, have I, Brother Nick? I'm sorry. Lord, help us, Jesus. I don't know what y'all going to do with me. Whatever y'all going to do is all right. Good thing we don't have no big state dignitaries here. And where did y'all get that? <laughs> so, well, he just come along, needed a place. He was a stranger, and we took him in. 
Do you want to please God? I'm serious, y'all. Listen. I mean, I wake up every morning and with prayer on my heart and, and with things on my heart. And even tonight, and I'm not bragging on me, don't misunderstand. Even tonight, after we get home before we go to bed, I'm thinking, Lord, what do you want next Sunday? I mean, I can't wait a Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to. Lord, what do you want? I'm willing. You just, just show me and guide me. And so, do you want to please God? Yes, I want to please God. Isaiah 53 gives a picture of our Lord and what He went through just so you and I can say, hey, He shed His blood for me. How He was beaten to the point that we didn't even recognize Him as a man. And how we as sheep have gone astray and we've turned everyone to our own way. And God laid all those sins on Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.6, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. I want to please God. Acts 17, uh, verses 24 and 25, uh, talks about God making the world and everything in it. Put you and I in it. Put us at our location. You know, I thought many times when we were in Africa, God, why was I born in America? Why was I born here? Well, why am I ended up in Oconee County? Why am I at First Baptist? And I look at some of those people there in Africa had no clue what we had. You know, that's, that's probably what made sometimes us homesick. We knew what we had. They were just as happy as they could be with a few vittles to eat, a grass roof over their head, no power, no water. They were happy. Somebody said, what did the kids do? What did they look forward to? Two things, school and church. That's it. Do you want to please God? You know, the things we have sometimes override what we do for God. Psalm 100, verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with thanksgiving. And He's promised to be there. Romans 12, 1 said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God. He said that's the most reasonable thing you could do is offer your body. Now, what if... Now, this, you know, they're not going to do this. Okay, but what if... What if upon our death it was a law that our bodies must be opened up and dissected? Okay? Well, they do autopsies, certainly. If there's a question maybe of why... They'd either do or talk. But what if it was a law that everybody had to be dissected? You know, hey, think about this. God dissects us all the time. He knows. He said He knows my inward parts. He created them. He put them in in their places. He knows those inward parts. We're running that race. And we don't need to let anything... Uh, get in our way. Matthew 6.24, Jesus said, You cannot serve 
two masters. He said, you, if you do, you're going to love one and hate the other. Or you're going to despise one and you're going to cling to the other. You cannot serve two masters. You say, yeah, but there's things I want to do. There's things I want. You don't think God don't know that? God knows all. He knows what I want to do. He knows those side tracks that I'd love to say, uh, or do. What is it called? A bucket list? Y'all know what a bucket list is? I hadn't heard that till just a few times ago. Bucket list. Well, I'm working on a sermon. It's on the back burner about what's in your bucket. I don't know when God will allow me to do it, but, you know, so many of us, we have that bucket list. And as we go older, that list changes. Lynn, one of her things was she wanted to jump out of her airplane. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> hey, I ain't getting out of a perfectly good aeroplane. I love to fly, but I don't want to jump out. You can't worship two masters. You've got to settle. I want to let my light so shine before men. I want God to shine through me. That reflector that I talked about this morning, we can be a reflector no matter where we are. Now, also, we need to focus on the, the process and not the product, okay? The process. Uh, the, the, the way we're going to get to where we are going. Now, don't misunderstand. We can't work our way to heaven. That's not the deal. We, we work to, not to get saved. We work because we are saved. I'll never be able to repay God, but I can make payments on it by letting Him shine through myself and do what He asked me to do. The Bible says one sows, one waters, but it's God that gives the increase. I can't take credit uh, for the, uh, Increase In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah said, Hey, here I am, send me. That boy was under heavy conviction. And he knew the only way out of it was simply say, Here I am, just send me. Our missionary friends are still somewhere in Africa. Uh, Dave and Judy Humphrey. We met them at the Bar None Cowboy Church in Owens, South Carolina. Which reminds me, you can pray for Lynn and me. We go there, not this coming Thursday night, but the following Thursday night uh, to preach in a cowboy church in uh, Owen, South Carolina. But Dave and Judy, that's where we met them. And while we were in Tanzania, they were on the other side where Ebola was. And the home, uh, the uh, home mission board uh, sent for them to come home, to get out of that. They came home with disappointment. They said it was so sad to leave those people lying in the streets and this this everywhere, hopeless and helpless. He said they were home two weeks and they sent them back to another place further north. Well, we found out all of that because they sent Lynn emails. And you all know what excitement it was to Skype on that Sunday. We got to Skype with them an hour and a half. We got to see their faces. And they got to see ours. We hadn't seen them in a long time, but we kept up. And they simply said, we cannot tell you where we are. And said, we cannot mention the J word. We cannot talk about the P word. 
So we have to do it in codes. Said, please, please pray for us. Well, we shared our um, problems that we were having and experiencing physically and whatever. And they said we were experiencing the same thing. But they're going to be there two years. Can't imagine. Before they get to uh, come home. But pray for them. Dave and Judy. Uh, they are a precious couple. They have children, grown children. Uh, and they have a beautiful place down there in uh, Owen, South Carolina, and uh, they helped start uh, the Bar None Cowboy Church. But we need to focus on the process and not the product. Um, but Isaiah was in, under such conviction. He said, just send me, I'll go. Uh, Isaiah later was commissioned by God to preach, even though God told us that they're not going to hear you. They're not going to hear you. But reason being, I don't want them to be without excuse. They, they will have no reason when they stand before me. And so Isaiah said, I'll go. I'll, I'll go and I, I'll do it. Um, we need to focus on the, the journey also and not the destination. You know, hey, we, as Christians, we look forward to going to heaven. But, you know, the journey... We've got to go through the journey, as I may have mentioned this morning, from birth to death, that dash that's there. What are we going to do with that? That's the journey uh, that we're on. And every one of us in this room right now, every one of us are on a different journey. None of us are on the same journey. Even us who are married, living and out, we're on two different journeys. Now, the journey we're on to, to living together and, and happily married and, and, and doing things together, that's one thing. But see, God speaks to her differently than He speaks to me. She has different ideas than what I do. We share those ideas, but we're on two different journeys. I'm not going to have to answer for her. She's not going to have to answer for me. I'm not going to be able to get into heaven because of who she is. And she's not going to get in there because of who I am. We're on two different journeys. And so therefore, we need to focus on the journey and not the destination. You know, we, we headed to a place that we've never been before. And we, we, a lot of people are excited. We, we looking forward to being there with the Lord and our family. Uh, forever and ever. When we think about journeys, I think about Philip in, in the book of Acts chapter 8, uh, when God said, I want you to leave here. Everything's going well. Looks like everything's under control. I want you to leave here and go down toward Gaza uh, in the desert. Well, he obeyed the Lord and he took off. And he's strolling along there in the desert and more than likely on the human side, he said, what in the world am I doing off down here? There ain't a soul down here. I'm a preacher. And who am I going to preach to? The dirt, the rocks, and all of a sudden, God said, Look, young, there's a chariot out there. I want you to go join yourself with it. He took off running. If you know the story, he caught up with the chariot. Sitting in the chariot was a eunuch who'd been to Jerusalem to worship, and he was reading a portion of God's Word from Isaiah, and Philip ran up beside him and, and caught up with him and said, Hey, son, you, do you know what you're reading? And the eunuch said, How can I know unless? Listen. Some man shows me. How can I know unless somebody will let God tell them what to tell me? I don't know that they even spoke the same language, but I know this. The eunuch found out who he had went to worship, who the Lamb was. Who the Lamb was. And Philip 
Bible says, got up in the chariot with him and preached the same Scripture to him that he understood to the point. He said, hey, I want to be baptized. What's hindering me from being baptized? He said, do you believe? He said, I believe. The chariot stopped. They went down out of the chariot. Out in the desert where you get water. God provided. He baptized the eunuch. And when he come up out of the water, it says he went on his way. And Philip went on his way. Hey, which way is it? It's the way, listen, it's the way that we let God carry us. You know, so many times we're we're settled and we're satisfied. I was settled back in Pierce Town. I was born in Pierce Town. I was raised in Pierce Town. I went to Pierce Town School. <laughs> I graduated from Wren. All my family was right there close by. But God had something else in mind. I was doing everything that any born-again child of God would ever think about doing in Friendship Baptist Church except the WMU. I was involved in everything, but God kept saying, I want you to preach. I want you to... I don't want to preach. God, I'm doing everything. I even visited with my pastor. He'd carry me. I'd go. Hospital, homes, it didn't make any difference. I'd go. But it wasn't far enough. It was time to get out of the nutshell. You're talking about a change of heart. You're talking about a change of attitude. You're talking about a change of outlook. I can see her now. Lynn's must have gone with the nursery. Okay. I can see her right now in our little house in Town, on her knees in her closet sacking up her stuff and crying. I'm thinking to myself, God, surely this is not how it's going to be. And her bottom line was that I'll go where you go. I, as the, the, the husband, had better be letting God lead me, lest I lead her in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'll go where you go. I'll go where he sends me. It doesn't matter to me. And she reminded me of that many times while we were in Africa. She said, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. But I chose to follow you and go where you go and lodge where you lodge. And, and your God's going to be my God. Hey, we, we linked together, let me tell you. The church says, uh, are we there yet? You know how you are when your kids, kids are young, you're going places. <laughs> they know where we're going. They really don't know how to get there or how far it is. So every time we may pull off a bathroom break or whatever, are we there yet? Well, church, we're not there yet. And hey, we can't quit, we can't give up, we have got to keep going and allowing God uh, to lead us. No, we're not there yet. Um, but I believe God is saying, let your full weight down. Get rid of the bridges that's behind you, because you're not going to need those. I won't tell you which church it was, but they wanted us to be their pastor. 
two things they wanted. They wanted us to commit to them that we would sell our house in Pierstown and that land would quit teaching school. I said, well, I'm not going to sell our house because, you know, we may go back there and live one day. My family's there. Lynn says, I'm not going to resign from teaching. I have a contract to fulfill. They didn't consider us anymore. But that's okay. Look where I am now. Let our light so shine before men that they might see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. There's good work going on here. A lot of good work. I'm not talking about tearing out walls. I'm talking about the work that goes on outside these walls called ministry. Not programs. We, we do not need another program. We need ministry. We need to be fulfilling the ministry um, that we already have. Um, in Romans it says, too, that we are to lay aside every sin and every weight that hinders us from being what God wants us to be. You know, what do we need to get rid of? That our light will be brighter. Uh, that it will cast a further light than what it is. You think about a lighthouse. With that strobe light going around and around, flashing to ships. Hey, it's danger. Be careful. Bells out in the um, ocean there were uh, clinging away to warn. You know, are we warning people of what's to come? You know, we need to really pray for Brother Joe Hughes. He wants to come home bad, but can't get his oxygen up. And I want to tell you what I have seen. Now, don't misunderstand this. He said. He said, my church family has really, really looked after us, which we should. But I want to say this to you. What if we concentrated on the lost as far as visiting them as much as we have been looking after Brother Joe? What would it be if we left our paths go to where the lost are as much. Carrying food. Hey. Now, it don't always work. We had some new neighbors to move in. I got some vegetables that Lynn had canned up, and I made my way to their house. I met the man. I met his wife. I told him where I live, right across the road over here. And I, my name is this. My telephone number is this. And I brought you some vegetables. And I pastor the First Baptist Westminster. Are y'all in church anywhere? No, sir. I said, we would love to have you. And I gave it to them. I see them occasionally. Never seen them here. But they know who I am. And I reached out. Okay? They can't say, well, nobody ever reached out. So those right around our door here. You know, there's a lot of churches right here. 
But those right around our door, how many of them have had a visit or a phone call or a meal or a dish or a, a quart of vegetables taken to the neighbor saying, hey, we'd love to have you visit us and talk to them about Jesus. We will, some of us won't let God use us. It'd be amazing, y'all, if we stepped up and began to let God use us to minister, minister to the lost, like we, as a church family, have ministered to Brother Joe Hughes. Okay, I want us to have a a prayer. And uh, Brother Rusty Cater called me this afternoon. He told me at lunch, he said, I got an uncle that's had a stroke. They can't operate. They can't do anything. I feel like I need to go be by his side in Greenville. I son, you go. He called me right before church and said he's on life support and the family's dealing with whether about disconnecting. He said he probably wouldn't last through the evening. And, uh, of course, you may know him, uh, um, Herman uh, Cater. So we need to remember him. And also Teresa Grimes this morning. Uh, her Aunt Susie is in the same shape. And this afternoon, I haven't heard from her. Uh, the family, again, is struggling about disconnecting the life support. So uh, we need to remember uh, Brother Herman Cater and his family. And uh, all I know is, uh, with Teresa is Aunt Susie. So uh, let's remember those uh, in prayer. Uh, it is raining outside. You can hear the road is wet. Please be cautious. Please be careful. Pray for one another. Pray for me. I know I know. probably most of you, if not all of you, do. I, I just want to be what God wants me to be, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the time you've given us in your house this evening. And Lord, I want your light to shine through me. I don't want to be a hindrance. I don't want anything in my life that hinders me from being all you would have me be. I know I'm only human, and I'm going to sin. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to forget. But God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you just touch me in a special way. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse my heart, Lord, and, and help me with uh, my unconcerns that I might be more concerned and that we might be more concerned about the lost and those that, that need you, God. We do pray for Rusty's uncle. And we pray for Teresa's aunt. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with Miss Virginia. We thank you for the good report that she passed her stress test and everything looks good there. We pray for Miss Sheila, Lord, as she drives to and from the hospital, give her safety. God, we love you and we thank you for those who've come tonight. We know they could be home watching a ball game, God. We just pray that you just bless them and thank you for their faith and their efforts tonight. And just walk with us, God, in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.